was off market. Uh, we paid uh, three. Uh, we locked in the contract at three eighty, um, about seven hundred square meters, so a decent block of land. Uh, when we ran the comparables, it, it's a four bedroom, two bathroom house. Um, when we ran the comparables, it came back at around about the four seventy ish mark. So you know, clearly, clearly quite a bit of fat um, in terms of you know being what we call a bargain or a good deal. This is Property Investory where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset and strategies. I'm Tyrone Shum and in this episode of Invest Like a Pro, we're chatting with founder of Housewinder, Simon Liu. He and his client secured a property in Kelmscott, Western Australia where deals and due diligence are a little different to on the East Coast. He shares how things differ, why trust needs to be earned and how the WA market supercharges their Saturday inspections. Lou's client is a first-time buyer who was keen to jump into the Kelmscott market. Although they haven't been working together for very long, he's very familiar with their goal to build a portfolio large enough to achieve passive income. With every client, we kind of talk to them initially and just say, hey, what's your goal? And we kind of try and paint the picture based on my own journey and what some of my clients have been through as well. So yeah, I mean, at the end of it, it's usually a lot of excitement. Hey, you know, let's, let's go get started. Let's find these houses, that type of thing. So, you know, a regular, regular client in the sense that, you know, she's quite young, you know, I think she's like 20, 27 or 28 or something like that. Uh, so she's got a couple of years under her belt in terms of being in the workforce. She earns a decent income, um, you know, uh, and yeah, she's just looking to build wealth at the end of the day to 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 get enough passive to financial freedom. That's always the goal <laughs> in life to be free from finances. Um, so it's um, you know we a couple of months, you know, we, we've got a bit of a, typically a bit of a lead time with new signups. Uh, so, you know, maybe around about the, the sort of four week mark, uh, as we work through, uh, current clients, I guess you can say. So anyway, we, this was literally the, um, the, the first property, uh, we sent them and, uh, you know, it ticks a lot of boxes. Uh, so, you know, I'll run through some of the, um, the details, uh, uh, shortly. But the, um, yeah, the first property we sent them, we kind of explained to them, like, this is why it's, it's good value, uh, you know, off market based on the price that we're, we're paying. The cash flow is really good. We didn't know the condition. So I'll explain a little bit about um, how we do our due diligence uh, in WA to ensure that there's no issues. And obviously, if there are issues, how we can overcome them. Um, but, you know, like being being a first buyer or first time investor, I think it's all there's always some... Uh, some jitters, you know, you're kind of always a little bit anxious about not only the buying process, but the the um, the conditions of the property, and you know, if if the area is the right area, that type of thing. Obviously, it's our job to educate and and and, and mentor them through that process. Mm, and a lot, a lot is based on trust as well, too, from your experience. It is, it is, and I always look. I tell everybody to not trust anyone right? Including me, but I do have a lot of clients that are just like, Hey, Simon, I trust you just do whatever you need to do. Um, but I, I actually enjoy the clients that got that question everything, you know, because we've done this so many times that it, it, it's, you know, it's kind of like second nature now. Uh, and also 
I, I always say there's no such thing as a perfect property, right? There's always like a defect. There's always, if it, like, hopefully it's all just minimal cosmetic wear and tear stuff. Um, but sometimes they can be a little bit worse and, you know, it, it comes down to whether the, the deal itself justifies uh, some of these problems. You know, what's the reality of these problems in terms of the cost to fix uh, some of these some of these issues? Um, and yeah, I think ultimately that's what uh, that's what um, um, you know constitutes a, whether a deal is worth worthwhile going for or not. You know, we we come across a lot of properties where it might need a little bit of paint, a little bit of you know some carpets might be might be a bit old. Um, you know, high traffic areas might experience like a few sort of tears and rips and things like that. Um, we find some properties have unkept yards. You know, all these things in the grand scheme of things, you know, a couple of hundred here, a thousand dollars there. Like it, we, we try and tell clients, look, that's not that's not going to um, to affect the performance of the property. That's right. I mean, they're very minor cosmetic type of things, which are great to be able to just easily fix up and, you know, adds value to it once it's been done. But like, you know, not spending hundreds of thousands of dollars to do, you know, a site, which is really, really um, important to understand. Just really quickly, like if, if, for example, whatever property we buy has potentially, let's say 50,000 below market value based on like some real, real comparables, you know, and you have, let's say worst case, you have to put down five grand to fix up of your own money to fix up a few things, you know, that's not going to break the deal. In fact, if, if those issues work, a problem that it probably wasn't going to be a good deal anyway, you know, even if those problems didn't, didn't exist. So this house was a little bit older. Um, it's, uh, you know, it needed a, it, when we did, we, we did our due diligence on a couple of inspections, we, we found some issues with the property, um, but we managed to, to come, come to a pretty good solution nonetheless, which I think, I think listeners should, especially if you're buying WA, they really need to, um, to, to be very diligent with these inspections because it's not as easy to terminate contracts if you're not satisfied with like a building and pest, for example, uh, in WA. So doing a few level of inspections is really important. So, you know, we'll, we'll have a chat about that as well. Um, but anyway, we sent this property to the client, you know, she was actually quite, quite keen on it immediately. Like, you know, I was, I was a little bit surprised because, you know, typically when we send older houses, um, you know, this house doesn't have very many pictures on online as well. It's been owned by um, uh, by an owner occupier uh, family for for decades, right? So it hasn't it hasn't had like a huge history of selling. So you can't really find a lot of it online. So you know, obviously, when we send through a property, we include as much info as we can. We we haven't done the inspection yet, right? So everything that we send through is things like cash flow analysis, comparable sales you know, data and suburb profiles and more, most importantly, how much we've negotiated the property at. So this is really just the numbers, the data, just to make sure that the deal stacks up. We, we don't want to be into the nitty gritty yet. Correct. Data, the area, pros and cons, uh, you know, everything we know about it, about the area, about the property, just based on, you know, some really sort of surface level research. But usually that's enough to ascertain whether a deal is good or not. You know, look, I mean, for every listener out there, you know, you know where you live, you know, the value of whatever house you're living in or unit or townhouse you're living in has a value, right? And like, because you're very familiar with where you live, if there's like a, 
almost identical property to the one that you're living at that pops up for sale, let's say tomorrow. And let's say wherever you're living is worth a million bucks, right? And you're like, hey, you know, that 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 unit or house next door that's identical to the one we're living in, we can potentially buy for 800 grand or whatever, whatever it is. Like you can immediately spot a good deal. Like that's, and you haven't even seen it. You haven't even been through it. So I think investors like having that focus on the numbers and the deal itself is actually what 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 the most important thing is, you know. And then after it's secured, then you, you go through and do do the due diligence. So the process in WA, you know, for us anyway, is we, you know, we get a lot of these off market, so we negotiate in the background. No one really knows about it, and then we secure them. We secure the price, and then you know we send it off to a client. The client looks at it. We talk to them about it. And if they're like, yep, Simon looks like a great deal, super keen, um, we lock it in with a contract. Now, the contract, typically, we include three conditions, right? We include a due diligence condition. Uh, we include, obviously, the finance condition and the building and pest condition. Now, the caveat in WA is that um, when you do the building and pest, and let's say you find a bunch of issues, you can't terminate as a buyer the contract and walk away from the deal. Right, you have to give the seller the opportunity to fix the problems professionally, of course. Uh, even if it's a, a really major issue, right? Let's say, like you know, the roof's falling apart or whatever. If the seller decides not to fix it, then you have the right to terminate. And we're and we're only talking about major structural issues, which is a huge gray area, um, because even this, what they call settlement agents in WA or what the Eastern States called conveyances. You know, even they get a little bit confused with what de- what's determined as majorly structural, you know. So, you know, we've seen, we've, we've heard of instances where something is actually quite major, like, you know, like a, a um, uh, like an entire, maybe like a pergola area is, is, is falling apart and needs to be removed completely. Or what about like, say, for example, there's termites in there, active termites are eating away at the structure? Termites, you know, like, I mean, there's so many varying degrees of termite activity, you know, so what's deemed major and what isn't is is really kind of debatable. It comes down to what the building is, in all honesty. Um, and, uh, and yeah, like, you know, because of the fact that it's not easy to terminate a contract on building and pest, you know, we throw in this due diligence clause where we actually send out our own guy to uh, or girl to do a full inspection of the property visually first. Um, uh, It's kind of like a supercharged Saturday open inspection, right? Because most people, when they see a Saturday open home, they go through, they spend 10 minutes walking around the house and go, yeah, it looks all right. But they, you know, they don't really get into the details. So we, when we do these inspections, because most of our buyers are not from the area, they rely on us to give them all this feedback. And we take about a hundred pictures of every visual defect that we can see with the property from like, you know, a little rip fly screen uh, in, in the kitchen to maybe like a, a, a tear in the, a small hole in the wall behind the doorknob. We see that quite frequently, um, you know, as small things to big things. Right. And the purpose of this due diligence or visual inspection is so that we weed out, you know, the chances of any sort of major issues that at least we can see because, you know, it's, it, it property is not really like a current affairs where you hear those stories 
you know, where you're living in the house or you bought a property um, and, you know, something inside it is completely wrong, right? Like the roof is falling apart or there's like lots of termite activity everywhere. It's, it generally, I mean, with a very, very odd exception, if there is, if there is something structural or something majorly wrong with a house, typically when you go through it and do a very thorough visual inspection just with your eyes, you can usually see that there's there's an issue. Usually, if you see a lot of cracks in it and all those kind of things and big cracks, then you'll pretty much obviously spot it just from experience. So we do this visual inspection and in WA, like we, we structure the, 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 the condition, this due diligence condition so that if we're not satisfied with whatever we see, we can actually just terminate the contract there and then. And then we don't need to progress to the building and pest or whatever it is. So anyway, this house, we go through it, um, we lock it in. So just to give you some numbers, um, uh, by the way, the property is in a suburb called Kelmscott, uh, which is about 30 k's uh, uh, southwest of Perth. Um, it's a, uh, it was off market. Uh, we paid uh, three, uh, we locked in the contract at 380, um, about 700 square meters, so a decent block of land. Uh, when we ran the comparables, it, it's a four bedroom, two bathroom house. Um, when we ran the comparables, it came back at around about the 470-ish mark. So, you know, clearly, clearly quite a bit of fat um, in terms of, you know, being what we call a bargain or a good deal. 0.4% um, vacancy rate, so extremely low vacancy rate. Um, the property's owner occupies, so it'll be, it actually hasn't even settled uh, at, at the time of recording. By the time you listen to it, it probably has. But we expect anticipate the rent to be about 500 to 530 a week uh, in this market. So really good, really good cash flow. That is very good, yes. There was no pictures of it online, right? So we, were, we didn't know anything about the condition except what the agent tells us, which I never listened to anyway. Um, <laughs> ever, ever. I mean, look, in fairness, this agent, we've done quite a lot of deals with, but... So he's, he is a pretty straight shooter. And he did warn us that there was going to be a few issues uh, with the property uh, uh, cosmetically. It, it was, it was lived, even though it was owner-occupied, the people that lived there were, 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 not, uh, were not looking after the place as well as it, it could have been. But it was a bargain. So, you know, we, we were interested. We were intrigued to see what it was. So the, it was paramount that we secured it first, so we did. Locked it in with a contract. Uh, uh, the, the client was quite keen on it. Uh, based on the numbers and uh and yeah we started the the due diligence process coming up after the break he educates us on the unique way sand gropers water their lawns because it's extremely dry weather in in wa so if you don't water the lawns regularly they go brown how you can protect yourself in markets that seemingly prefer to protect the seller but there are still ways that you can you can protect yourself you know and in a crazy market like where Kelmscott is at the moment you know there's a there's a lot of properties being snapped up really quickly he tells a story that explains just why nothing surprises him anymore i think one of the worst ones i've seen was like a, a family put a, a fire pit not a fireplace a fire pit in the in the middle of the living room and that's next I'm Tyrone Sham and you're listening to Property Investory. Have you been looking for months and getting frustrated that each property you've seen since be a lemon? Or are you after distress, off-market, high cash flow properties in high growth areas, capital city locations? If you answered yes to either of these questions, you are not alone. 
For being a loyal listener of the podcast, Simon Liu is offering a free one-hour strategy session normally valued at $500 to help put together an actionable property plan. To get your free strategy session, simply visit housefinder.com.au and fill out the contact form or call Simon directly on 0415-626-342 and quote, Property Investory. Kelmscott is a suburb in the city of Armadale, southeast of Perth. Historically, this city has been known as a working class area where some of its suburbs have been painted with the low socioeconomic stigma brush. However, much like what's been happening in other capital cities, it's starting to shake a lot of the negativity and is seeing a lot of new people moving in. And these aren't like, I guess, your traditional lower socioeconomic demographic. It's actually, you know, young families, you know, owner occupiers, professional couples that are simply priced out you know, of, of, of more uh, premium, quote-unquote, suburbs. It's affordable, basically. I mean, for, 300, for 380000 for a four-bedroom house, that is extremely affordable. I mean, you can't get that anywhere on the East Coast. You actually can't get that in um, Kelmscott either, uh, you know, but we got it. I had to throw that in there. If you want a, if you want a four-bed house in Kelmscott, you got to pay four seven. Really, on the market value, that's awesome. <laughs> that's the goal. We did the inspection, so we locked it in. We did the visual inspection. And we found there was a couple of couple of issues. So there were a couple of broken glass panels around the house. It's very odd though. I mean, how I've never really heard, you know, buying a house with broken glass panels. Why are they not fixed it? That's why I don't understand. I've learned a long time ago, you know, especially as an investor, it's not my, it's not going to do me any favors to kind of judge how people live or have that kind of emotional factor attached to it. I just look at it as very black and white. So however they manage to create broken glass panels in the house, I don't really care about as long as I know that they exist and how much it costs to fix it. So there were a few broken glass panels. Um, it's really bizarre. The kitchen counter was um, formed or cut up uh, by like a bunch of other different kitchen counters. So maybe at some point, like there was a, at some point it was like a normal kitchen counter, right? And maybe, maybe over the years of living there, maybe like a section of it was damaged, you know, maybe with a burn or something or a fire maybe. So instead of replacing the whole kitchen counter, what these guys have done is they just like cut that section out and then chucked in a, a, a piece that, you know, I guess physically fit into that, into that slot. But it was a completely different counter. Like, so it was like, mis- it was miscolored, it was the wrong material, you know, different thickness. And it was like three or four of them. So, you know, maybe they would, they, they used the kitchen counter for some really physically enduring activities. Oh, they must have accidentally forgot that they burned something and left the, the pot on there or something like that. Yeah, that happens, you know, I've seen that happen many times, but strange. At the end of the kitchen counter, they actually like did a really bad job of cutting like a hole out to accommodate the, the, um, the uh, it was it's like an upright uh, stove slash oven, so they obviously didn't fit originally, you know. So instead of buying a stove and oven that actually fit into the the, the normal hole <laughs> or the no, normal section, they instead they just really bad. Just think think like your first time sawing job that you've ever done in your life. You know, it was kind of like all zigzagged and it was just yeah, really really terrible. So it was just really really terrible and. Um, you know, there were a couple of other things as well. Um, you know, it's uh, you know there was there was a few holes in doors. Um, 
there was uh, um, uh, you know the flooring wasn't wasn't really that that great either. Um, and also there was a in WA they have in a lot of houses they have what they call a reticulation system, which is like a uh, a watering system for the lawns because it's extremely dry weather in in WA. So if you don't water the lawns regularly, they go brown. Um, and uh, a reticulation system is basically like a, a self-watering system. And we we find that these, uh, you know, they, they actually fail quite a lot. You know, I, I don't think many people use them. It's kind of like back in the Eastern States, like, you know, recently when you build a house, you have to include like, a, a, a you know, one of those massive water tanks that you see in the backyard. And it's to meet like, um, uh, you know, water standards and energy requirements and all that kind of stuff. And then, you know, no one really uses them. Right. Like we see so many houses that aren't even connected to the gutters as they should be because it's supposed to collect rainwater. Um, so, you know, they're just like a massive thing that sits there. And to be honest, most people just throw them out. You know, sounds bad because it's supposed to save water. But at the time of recording, yeah, I mean, at the time of recording, our dams are overflowing. Hence the reason why. So anyway, this, this reticulation system was also broken. Now, you know, whenever we come across these issues, and there's always cosmetic issues with any house. It just at varying degrees. But obviously, some of these items are quite um, are quite abnormal or, or perhaps quite severe. You know, there's there's two things to do at that point. You know, the first thing is try and get some money off to compensate for these problems. And the goal is always to get more money off than it costs to actually fix it. You know, so that you give yourself a buffer and maybe take it as opportunity to try and negotiate a, a bigger discount. Um, but again, in WA, especially when you've, we, we, I mean, we really drill these guys down on price. Obviously, at 380k, this this seller was in a situation where they just needed to sell pretty urgently, um, and they didn't have much funds. So, um, you know, we, you know, getting a massive discount was was not uh, was not possible for these guys. Uh, but instead, what we what we ended up negotiating is for the seller to fix everything professionally. So. You know, we're kind of at the tail end of the of the purchasing period now, as in it's about to settle. And, you know, the seller's actually gone through and replaced the entire kitchen counter professionally. You know, it looks everything looks normal now. <laughs> we're cut up. Um, you know, all the glass panels were fixed. Uh, you know, the holes in the doors and stuff, they were they were patched up and repainted. I think there was there was one or two doors that was replaced entirely. Um uh, the reticulation system was also fixed. That's actually quite a rare thing. Like a lot of people don't bother fixing uh, these systems, but it was fixed anyway. So anyway, the house was completely fine uh, and completely livable, you know, tidy now. Nothing needs to be done. And this was owner-occupier that was that was living here before, correct? It's not a tenant. Correct. It was an owner-occupier. Interesting. Okay. I, I would sort of anticipate it, you know, being an occupier, you'd probably want to try and look after your place because you live there and it's your own place. Coming back to what I was saying before, like, you know, different people have different lifestyles, different different ways of life, living and stuff like that. And, you know, it's, uh, you know, like I said, you know, it's not about judging people and how they live. Obviously, you know, the way that I live is not how other people live. And it's, uh, it's not right or wrong. You know, like, you know, I think, I think obviously these guys just didn't care about you know, for example, having a normal kitchen counter. <laughs> they're more, they're more um, functional. Yeah, it was functional, cost saving. Yeah, and I can, I can understand why. Yeah, yeah, no, totally understand. Yeah, or maybe they did it deliberately as like a, as like a, um, 
uh, an artsy kind of thing. Who knows? <laughs> I've said, honestly, like these houses that sometimes I see that's been lived in by own occupiers. You know, they they renovate it. I mean, I'm sure we've seen a lot of these examples. Like, you know, they renovate it or they they deal they 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 dress it up to their tastes, um, and it's it's rarely it rarely appeals to anyone else. <laughs> so. You know, sometimes to, to, you know, and I think it's a good thing. You know, you don't want everyone just having vanilla white walls everywhere and, you know, the same old sort of setup. Like, I think it, it is, it's a character thing. So it's not, it's not necessarily bad, but if you're a buyer, then you kind of want, 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 uh, want as an investor, sorry, you kind of want something a little bit more, uh, more vanilla. Yeah. More safe, more boring. That's important. That's very interesting. So the takeaway there just really quickly is like, you know, there are ways to, even in WA, because one of the big concerns for, for a lot of people in WA is, or when they're buying in WA, is that they the buyer, the, the buying process is more uh, um, for the seller, uh, whereas in the eastern states, it's more sort of pro-buyer. Um, and, but there are still ways that you can, you can, uh, you can protect yourself, you know. Um, and in a crazy market like, uh, uh, where Kelmscott is at the moment, you know, there's a there's a lot of properties being snapped up really quickly. Um, you know, sometimes you don't have the luxury to do all of these uh, inspections and the due diligence and back and forth with the agent and 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 the seller and, and doing like a proper building and pest and so on um, uh, before you lock it in. Because a lot of the times, by the time you do this due diligence, which, which can take a week or two, um, someone's already bought it. You know, so you don't want to waste your money or your time constantly missing out. And, you know, obviously the seller needs to accept something like a due diligence condition. Uh, so it, sometimes it's the way that you negotiate with the agent as well. Um, but, you know, if you, you, like I said, there are ways that there are things that you can do to, to, to safeguard yourself as well. Uh, because, you know, um, if, if something isn't, you know, buying properties, you see some really, really weird wacky things you know and people people in the industry are also um known for not 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 speaking the truth uh or uh, or, or perhaps trying to hide certain things about the house so you, you know if whenever you see something like that you just need to make sure that you've got you know areas to exit to to walk away and and, and not lose money so that's the main that's, that's the main thing that's the key thing and I think you've, you've really hit the nail on the head because that's the key. We, and, and this is why I like your process is because at the beginning, if you just do the high level numbers, making sure that the deal stacks up, you can easily filter through if this is a good deal or not. And if it isn't, then you don't want to waste your time getting someone on site, taking photos and then find out that it's not going to work. So that, that just, it's a, it's a really good filtering process because yeah, there's hundreds and hundreds of properties out there available. It's just which one makes the most sense and is going to be profitable for us as an investor. Just one other quick point to add as well, like when you're doing, if you are buying interstate and let's say you're not using a buyer's agent, um, you know, when these inspections are so important, these visual inspections, I think people often overlook them um, or they may just accept like a few pictures. Here's the kitchen, here's the bathroom, here's the bedrooms and that's it, right? Like you really need someone that's on your side, you know, whether you pay them or not, it doesn't matter. Like someone unbiased, someone unrelated to the property, someone that is not going to benefit uh, you proceeding with a deal. So number one, obviously don't rely on agents to do it. 
right? The selling agent. You know, if you have a friend or a family member or someone out there, they're great. Maybe you can get them through um, to really and really take when you do these inspections, really focus on defects. You know about the good stuff already, typically, right? A bedroom is a bedroom, a kitchen's a kitchen, a bathroom's a bathroom, right? So taking general pictures is you can do it, but it's more about like the specifics, like the cracked tile, you know, or maybe like a a ceiling stain. You know, focus on that. You go, why is there a stain on the ceiling? Is it a crack? Is it a roof tile? Is it a roof leak? Is it a bigger problem that's causing that? Um, focus on like anything tiny. Open all the cupboards. Make sure there's no like you know. Obviously, with a lot of the cupboards and kitchens and bathrooms, um, you know, you get when you get water damage through them, they some of them become expand. Yeah, this MDF stuff is is you know some of the cheap cheaper materials that they use. So it's so crucial because like in property, a small thing can be a big thing, right? So an innocent looking ceiling stain could be something as simple as like a cracked roof tile, which costs about 150 bucks to replace and fix. Or it could be like a a huge, you need to replace your entire roof, you know, $20,000, $30,000 job. (laughs) Same. I've replaced a few roofs in my time. Uh, And... Yeah, absolutely. So you know, something, something small and, I guess, innocent can appear to, you know, can become a big problem. And it's so crucial. Like, that's why we, we do the 100 pictures. That's why we really focus. And, like, it's jarring sometimes because, you know, when we send these, it's always funny when we send these pictures to clients, you know, the, their first reaction is often, you know, this house is a dump. <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a dump. <laughs> but, you know, when you put into perspective that, like, you know, if the seller's willing to fix everything to a professional standard with invoices and proper tradespeople, or if, you know, I guess telling them that they're not the fancy marketing photos that you normally see on domain if you were to look at a house, like these are what all houses generally look like if you dig deep enough. Um, I think they appreciate the fact that the thoroughness was there at least. So, so yeah. It's like finding the diamond in the rough, you know, obviously it's going to be very rough when you first purchase it, which is where our opportunity lies and as soon as we can come in to actually add value to it or do repairs, whatever it is, it becomes rentable, there's where your, your add value is and that's why I like what you say at the beginning, take the actual photos, you know, after you've actually done the numbers. If the numbers stack up, great, that's when you go in and do the, the photos because obviously it will shock people sometimes if they've never seen these kind of things before. But we, you and I, you know, been in this industry for a while now. <laughs> we expect it. <laughs> Nothing really surprises me anymore. <laughs> I've seen. I think one of the worst ones I've seen was like a some like a a family put a a fire pit, not a fireplace, a fire pit in the in the middle of the living room. Um, look, these like I, I remember the situation very clearly. Like there were there were a couple that uh, there were a family that came over uh, from overseas from a it was like a war torn country. And I think I think it was in their culture to have like in in their houses to have like a fire pit in the living room. Uh, obviously, they just did the same thing to a house in Australia. So you know, it's funny. There was like carpet, and then there's like a mat, just a dugout pit where, and then the ceiling was all black, obviously because of the, the fire. Yeah. So you know, something like that. Like, you know, I see I see from time to time. <laughs> so- I'm surprised how they managed to get away with that because, you know, that's not legal. It's also very dangerous if something happens and the whole fire, you know, catches the house. Yeah. So, how, how do they manage to get that in without the, the agent even seeing, you know? <laughs> well, 
the short answer is they just grabbed a shovel and started digging without telling anybody. <laughs> and then at the at the maybe at the routine inspection or something, they're like, "Why is there a fire pit in the middle of the house?" Um, so yeah, anyway, like just make sure you do your due diligence, guys. Like I can't stress that enough. Um, don't don't rely on anyone. Don't trust anyone. Um, just yeah, make sure for yourself for your even if it's just for you to sleep at night, better, you know, without those concerns. So yeah. Thank you to buyer's agent Simon Liu, our guest on this special episode of Invest Like a Pro presented by Housefinder. Also, for being a loyal listener of the podcast, I've asked Simon to offer a free one-hour strategy session normally valued at $500 to help you put together an actionable property plan. To get your free strategy session, simply visit housefinder.com.au and fill out the contact form or call Simon directly on 0415 626 342 and quote, property investory.